I want us to really understand that. That it is the way of the cross that leads home to eternal life. And there's no other way but through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, by Him. And that way is by the cross. We must submit to Him and bow down to Him. And when we do that, there at the cross, that burden can be taken away. That burden of sin that is upon us. That will drag us down, but we can have eternal life through Him. I stop and I think about the time that we're living here. The season, the days, the years. And they go by so quickly. Seems like just a few months ago or a few days ago that we were talking, we were standing here, and we were ending up a year and beginning another new year. And today is the last meeting that we will have in the year of 2023. One day, it will be the last meeting for us. Each and every one of us, and we don't know when that might be. This could very well be the last time that we ever meet with this group of people here on the earth. It could be that we meet right on, several of us. But any time our life can be called out of this world, as he just said there. It could be called out of this world into eternity. And I think back on the few short months that have gone by this year. How has it been with us spiritually? Do you feel like that you are in a better place spiritually today than you were 12 months ago when we started this this year of 2023? Do you feel like that you have grown spiritually? Are you closer to the Lord than you were at the beginning of the year? These are questions that we need to be answering ourselves or asking ourselves and let the Lord then direct us in it. Because I know that we can be stronger. I know that we can move up. And I know that there are people here today that are, that they are closer to Him now than they were a year ago. And they are walking with Him closer now than they were. There are some that have not moved up. There are some that is still. As the song there said that we just sung, that the ways of the world I have laid them aside. And there's some that I don't believe has laid those things aside. Is this things that we need to be looking at right in our own individual self, friends? And taking it to heart. Because there will come a day that it will be our last time that we meet together. It will be our last time that we see each other here on this earth. And it will be the last time that we hear a message from the Lord here upon this earth. And then we will be in eternity 
And I want us to stop and think. I want everybody to listen to what I'm saying here and to think about what I just said. We will be, you will be, I will be. At one point, we will be in eternity. In some condition. Either saved and in paradise there with Jesus Christ and all of the righteous. Or we will either be somewhere with the lost. Never to have another opportunity to change what is going on in our, in our life at that time, in the condition that we're in. Our natural life will be gone. Our spiritual life will be, have begun. Where will we be in eternal hell or eternal salvation? And that's our choice today. And we can be at one with Jesus Christ. And are we at one with Him today? And if we are, we'll be at one with each other. And we will be wanting to help each other grow. We will have that love one for the other that He talks about here in this book. You know, I've just been reading here recently through the Bible. It just shows... There is a tremendous amount of love in Jesus Christ. There is love in His disciples that they wanted to follow whatever He asked for them to do. And there was a lot that He asked for them to do in that day. But they were obedient to what He said. They were obedient to His calling. And they saw victory. Even though some of them, because they were obedient to Him, they were put to death. Because they were obedient to Him, they were scourged, they were whipped, they were beat, they were put into prison. They were stoned because they were obedient to Jesus Christ. And what is it in our day? What have we sacrificed in our day for Him? All that He has given to us. The natural things. The spiritual things. Look what He has done for us. And what are we doing for Him? Are we willing to put it all into His hands? I stop and also think, and as I read through, I just see so many places. And it started happening just very soon here, even while Christ was here upon the earth. That there was people that wanted to do things their way. Not wait upon the Lord. Not listening to what His government upon the earth at that time was accomplishing, what it was doing. And I'm talking about His spiritual work, His spiritual government that He has had here all the way along. And He has going on upon the earth today. But there was people, you just stop and you start reading through the Acts And you see what took place. What a wonderful thing that how people were beginning to hear the Word of God and submitting to it and helping others to hear the Word of God. And people growing in the truth. But then they would come along and somebody would have something that they felt like, no, wait a minute, this is how you need to do it. You need to do it this way. Which was not the right way. And those that were, I'm reminded of one instance there, I believe, where Paul and Silas there. 
they were teaching the truths of God. But there were some men that came in, and I believe these were people that were proclaiming to have accepted Jesus Christ. And they came in and they were telling the Gentiles, you've got to be circumcised too. It's not by what Paul and what these others are telling you. You've got such and such. You've got other things that you need to do. And Paul and Silas, I believe it was, or maybe in Barnabas, they had great distaste, great discourse about what was going on there. And they said, we need to go and have these things clarified. So they went, and even when they got there to Jerusalem, and the people, they brought these things to the men there, the government there of the church in that day. And there was still great discourse about what was going on. And it had just been a few days, a few months maybe there, to where Peter had come and he had told them what had took place. They questioned him heavy because of what he had done when he went to the Gentiles. But the Word of God there, and it just, if we aren't careful, we can let little things start coming in, just as what happened here. But there was some that was true to the Word, true to the Gospel. And they would not just let things go. And that's where I want to be today, my friends. I want to be true to the gospel and speak the word simple, pure, and free. And it's not what somebody else might get up and and say that, no, this is the way you've got to do such and such and such and such. It's by the word of this book is what we have to do to be saved. That is what we must need. It's not how much I know and how much I memorize and all this. It's whether or not I have repented and I have asked Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins and I have accepted Him as my Savior. And now I am willing now to accept that and put my full faith and trust that what He has promised He will do. And He has promised what? To send to you and to me a comforter. He has promised to send to us the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that we might have that new birth. And I want us to think about that. Have you had that new birth? Are you new, been made new by the Spirit of God? These things keep coming up. They keep being brought to our attention. We need to be sure that we have that new birth. And that we're willing now to lay aside the things of this world and let Him direct us. Now I know that yes, we've got to, we are here upon the earth and we have to live. And there's certain things that we need to do. But we have to put Jesus Christ and God the Father first in everything that we do. In all that we do. And then use whatever He has to give to us. Whatever He gives to us here upon the earth. Use it to His honor and to His glory. It is all His. He just gives us these things to use. Everything that we have here is temporary. Our life is temporary, friends. Do you know and see and understand that this body is temporary? 
I have been able to live here for about 73 years, for a little over 73 years. But this body will not continue right on. I will lay it down and it will be buried somewhere. But my soul will spend eternity somewhere. And I know that I have the opportunity now. And I've had that. And I know that He has been able to give to me what He has promised. And I know He can do it for you. I know He can. I have full faith and trust in Him. What He has promised, He will do. And I want us to all to understand that. And I want everyone to see victory. But it takes letting Him be first. And it takes having that faith. But if there is not faith to back, there are not works to back that up. And that will be the works of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost in you. It won't be your works. But if you've had that new birth, you've had that faith, that you've been able to receive that, then that new Spirit is what's doing the works within you. And if they're not there, my friend, something is wrong. If it is there, see victory in Him. So let's put our faith there. Let's put our trust. And let's don't let things come in among us and try to separate us from the Word of Jesus Christ. You can read through and you can see how people tried all the way along to do those kind of things. But the Word of God was victorious all the way through. It was never put down. Even though man tried to do it in numerous different occasions, it was never stopped. And it has been going on and it is strong today. It's just as strong today with those who want to see it. And those that want to have it, it's just as strong today as it was when Jesus Christ was here upon the earth preaching. It's just as strong as it was when Peter was teaching, when Paul was teaching, when John was teaching. Whoever it might be, it's that spirit is just as strong today. And it can overcome whatever needs to be overcome. But we've got to decide... Am I going to follow Christ or am I going to follow the world? What do we want to do? The flesh has a desire for the things of the world. The spirit sees that that is an enemy to it. And there is war there. Let that spirit overcome and see victory. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. We've opened the Bible this morning to the 26th chapter of Matthew, and I think that's where we'll just read and say there's a lot of things in this chapter that would be good for us. The 26th chapter of Matthew... And it came to pass, 
When Jesus had finished all these sayings, He said unto His disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Here He was... He had just given His disciples a lot of, of good message there. And He had told them now, this is about what is going to happen. Here is what's about to happen. In two days, at the Passover there, is the, that's when it is. And the Son of Man, that I, the Son of God, will be betrayed into the hands of the wicked. To be crucified. Be betrayed to be crucified. I want you to think about that just a little bit. Here was this man. Here with his friends. And here he had something to tell them. And look what he told them. In two days, I'm going to be betrayed and crucified. That would be a shocking thing to each one of us, any one of us today, if we heard that. If one of our friends came up and told us that this was what was about to happen to him. One that we loved. He he was loved by his friends there, by his disciples. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who is called Caiaphas. And consulted that they might take Jesus by subtility and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Here, the high priest, the people there that were supposed to be religious people. Supposed to know what was going on. Here, they were assembled together trying to come up with a way that they could put Jesus Christ to death, that they could capture Him and not create a big scene among the people. They knew that here, among the, the time of the feast there, of the Passover, there would be lots of people in Jerusalem. And lots of people that had heard about Jesus Christ and believed upon Him. And they didn't want to make a big uproar about it in that day. And they also did not want to do that because they were afraid of what the Romans might do to them if they created something like that. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Now think about it. Here he was. He was there in this house. A man in the house there, and I believe Simon had been healed of what he was, of that leprosy. And there came unto him a woman then, a sinful woman it talks about in another place. There's a way that the people looked upon her. That she was a great sinner. But she came in with this box of very precious ointment, very expensive ointment. And she broke that, and she poured it upon his head. As he said it meet. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, To what purpose is this waste? For the ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. They didn't understand what was taking place there. But Jesus did. And Jesus, you may not understand, and people may not understand all the work that might be going on, but I can tell you that Jesus knows and understands what is going on in His work today and in His people. And when Jesus understood it, He said unto them, Why trouble you the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. 
For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she had poured disointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. The disciples looked upon what was going on there and they had a lot of things to say against it. But what did Christ have to say? Christ said, why trouble you the woman? He knew what was in their thoughts. He knew what they had to say about it. For she has worked a good work upon me. What she has done here has been showing her love and her care for me. Because she loves me so great because of the sins that she has been involved in has been taken away. She has been forgiven for those sins. And she loved me more than she loved this alabaster box of ointment that she had there that she had one time looked upon as probably a very precious and costly thing that she wanted to keep for herself. I believe that's probably was what in her mind. And then when the disciples looked upon it and said, this could have been something that we could have used here. But she had such a great love for Jesus Christ, she was willing to sacrifice that for Him. For what He had done for her. For the ointment that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. He was about to be crucified. He had just told him. You see, she has done this for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Then the twelve, then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest. And said unto them, What will you give me that I will deliver him, and I will deliver him unto you? And they coveted with him for thirty pieces of silver. That is one of the most terrible things that I can think about is what was happening here. Here he had just had his disciples there, he had taught them wonderful things. He now had them all here. He was telling them about what was taking place. And then Judas gets up and he leaves from this. It could have been a few hours or whatever. But the writer here, Matthew, just goes right into this different story. And he says, One of the twelve that had been with Jesus all this time, and as they talked about it in the very end of one of them, in the beginning of Acts, he talks about that one had been a part of this ministry. And he had gone to his own. And here, this man, Judas Iscariot, he was one of the twelve. He was a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ in that day. But what was he? He was nothing more 
but a wolf in sheep's clothing is all you can say. He had let Satan come in and destroy him. He had allowed Satan to let him think that I can go now and I can talk to the chief priest and the high priest and all these and I can get money and betray Jesus Christ. Turn Him over to Him. And look how happy I will be with what I get. Look at what I can have with what they give me. And here I am just going around with this group of, of men that does not have a whole lot of this world's good. They were not looking for the things of this world. Jesus was not looking for the things of this world. He was looking to help people to know eternal life and how they could have it. And that's what He wanted to teach His disciples for them to also be helping people to know and understand that. But what did Judas get? He went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me and I will deliver him unto you? It's hard to think in our mind we say, what in the world, why did Judas do such a foolish thing? What about in our lives? Have you looked back in your life and see maybe some very foolish things that you might have done? That if you had just put it all into the hands and allowed the Spirit to direct you that you would have never gotten involved in. I can see things in my life that's that way. But I know that He is there with that reached out hand to pull us out. He is there if we truly repent of our sin. To Him, if we have godly sorrow for those things, He is there to lift us up out of it. But what will you give me? Is that on our mind today with Satan? What will you give me? That's what he was doing. Making a deal with Satan. What will you give me, Satan, if I will do this for you? What did the Lord tell Satan? As he came there right within him. When he came out of the the wilderness there. He immediately was able to put him down. He immediately was able to cast Satan aside by the power of God. But Judas Iscariot was letting Satan rule him. And they coveted with him for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver. And Judas sold out his eternal life. What will we sell out for? Or would we want to sell out? Is there anything in our life, in this world, that we would desire to have more than what Jesus Christ is offering to us. 
Is there anything? Judas wanted that 30 pieces of silver. And he thought he could get it and get by. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto Him, Where wilt thou that we prepare unto thee to eat the Passover? Now the rest of His disciples there, they knew that this feast was coming up. And they were just, went to Jesus, saying unto Him, Where do you want us to do this? Where do you want us to prepare And that's another thing that we need to be asking and begging for today. Is where do you want us to be in our life? What do you want us doing? To be preparing to eat that Passover with you, Jesus Christ. He said, I will not eat or I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink it anew in my Father's kingdom. And we can be there at that time. And do it with Him. Just thinking there about what Jesus, uh, Judas did again. And the opportunity He sought to betray Him. When I look around and I see the things in our lives that if we aren't careful what we are looking for, we are emulating, we are wanting to emulate the world. Just as what Judas wanted that, that, those 30 pieces of silver so that he might be more like the world. And he might be able to go out and secure the things of the world that might bring him worldly happiness, he thought. When you go out and you dress like the world and you go to the places that the world goes, and you act like the people of the world, that there's no difference between you and, and the people of the world. That puts us right back the way Judas was. We're betraying the power of God in us. I want us to understand what he's talking to us about, friends. And are we setting forth the example before others? If there is no difference in our lifestyle, something is wrong. Judas wanted the things of the world. He wanted that lifestyle. He didn't want to continue to be as the other disciples. Thirty pieces of silver would have been a lot of money in that day. And he thought, look at the happiness and look what I can do with that. The others were looking. Jesus Christ, you have the words of eternal life. Where shall we go? And he said, go into the city to such a man... And saying to him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciple did as Jesus had appointed them. And they made ready the Passover. 
Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as he did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And now here, Jesus just bringing it right out into the open here of who was going to betray him. Here, they had come. They were sitting down to eat. They were having the Passover. Something that had been celebrated by the Jews ever since that the angel, the death angel, had passed over all of those that had the blood of the Lamb on the door post and on the lintel there. The Passover, the death angel passed over them. And they had been commanded to do these things every year in remembrance of what that, what God had done for you. And here Jesus Christ was there and He was doing it. He was following through with this, with His disciples. Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray Me. That would have been a shocking thing to that group of men that felt like that they were walking close. Felt like they were walking close to the Lord. And all of a sudden, Jesus Christ telling them, one of you is going to betray me. Are we at all at one with His work here upon the earth today? And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And began every one of them to say unto Him, Lord, is it I? They were sorry. They wanted to know whether or not this was something that was in them. Are we that interested today? Are we interested enough in our condition to be going to the Lord and saying, Lord, is it I that am not where I need to be with you? Is it I, Lord? What must I do? And he answered, he said unto them, he said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. I want you to think about what he was saying there. He just told them, he says, now it's going to be one of you twelve here. That is here and you are dipping your hand with me into the dish there to eat the bread, taking the food out of the dish. To eat the bread, it's one of you. The same shall betray me. What is in our heart today? What is in our mind? Are we wanting to be filled with His Spirit all over? And be as Peter told them, not just my hands, not just my feet, but my hands, my head, all over, Lord. Wash me. Cleanse me. And then when he goes on, he says, The Son of Man goeth as it is written of Him. I came here to the earth. And I knew that I would be crucified. They would hang me on that tree. He says, that is why I came here. But he says, woe will it be 
unto the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. And I know that that goes right on back to us and the people that's on the earth today. If we betray Him, if we go back to the house that we come out of, if we betray the Spirit of God in us, He says, woe unto that man. And if we reject His Word, if we never accept Him, it will be woe unto that man. And it would be the same thing here. If we reject the wonderful words of life that is being taught to us today, and we look upon it as idle words. We look upon it as that's just somebody that's speaking something there. And this is a new time. It's a new world. And all I've got to do is just say I believe in Jesus Christ and I am saved. He says that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. And that's what we would be doing is betraying His truth. His gospel. That it'd been good if he hadn't been born. Same thing with all of the unrighteous, all that reject his word. It would have been good if they'd never been born. They wouldn't have had to spend eternity in hell. But all of those that accept him is a wonderful opportunity. And they are now able to have eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. Accept Him. Don't reject Him. Accept Him. Accept His words as the truths of God. That He is the Son of God. That He rose from the dead. And He is there at the right hand of God the Father today. Mediating for you and me. And He will send to you and He'll send to me power over sin. Then Judas, which betrayed Him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto Him, Thou hast said. I want you to think, wonder, what the others right around Him. And I believe that they would have had to have known some of what was going on there. They were questioning, they were hearing the word of Jesus. They were all together there in this room. And Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? Look at how deceitful he was even there. Called him Master. If he was his master, why was you wanting to betray him? Why were you trying to reject all that he had taught you? How deceitful Satan is. Can you see how that he was nothing more but that wolf in sheep's clothing there, right among the righteous, right among the disciples in Jesus Christ, and betraying him? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Eat this bread. 
And he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it unto them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. His blood shed for the remission of your sins and my sins. Let's read that again. What he said, he says, now take, eat this bread. Take, eat, this is my body. Remember these things that I gave my body. And you eat this bread in remembrance of that. He took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them, saying, drink you all of it. Eat that bread and drink all of that wine. Take all of Jesus Christ into your life. For this is my blood. The blood of Jesus. And there is nothing else that can save you. There is no other way. This is my blood of the New Testament. Which is shed for many. For the remission of sins. Look at the love that is there. Look at what He had for us. Listen carefully. My blood, this is my blood. Hanging on that tray. With the nails in His hands and in His feet. And the pain and the anguish. For you and me. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I want to be there. And I know I can. And I know that you can. He says, now you drink these things and you do it here. He says, now I'm not going to drink this any of this fruit of this vine while I am here upon the earth. But I will until that day when I drink it new with you. With you. With the righteous. In my Father's kingdom. There will come a time that I believe in according to what He's saying. That all the righteous and Jesus Christ will be able to do these things in honor of Him and in honor to the God for what He has done for all of us. When I drink it new, He says, with you in my Father's kingdom. He also, I look upon that, can be like this too. That that remission of sins there by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost being given to us. And when He gives to that to us, then we are one and together with Him. New. We are with Him. New. In the kingdom in the Father's kingdom.
been made new. What can be in the Father's kingdom? There is nothing that is defiled that can be in the Father's kingdom. There is nothing that is sinful that will be in the Father's kingdom. He is all righteous. And that's what we will all be at that time. When I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Sung a hymn. There singing and praising God. Making melody in their heart to God. Singing together. And they went out then into the Mount of Olives, a place there where I believe that Jesus and His disciples frequented a lot. And I know that that's the case because this is what Judas knew that they did. And Judas knew that they were going to that place. Then said Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Now, they didn't understand all about this, but they, they said, now, Jesus just told them. He said, you are all going to be offended in me this night. Every one of you. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd. He was the shepherd, they were the flock. The shepherd's going to be taken in the sheep of the flock, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. The sheep there scattered because the shepherd is not there anymore to keep them around and to help them to stay right within where the shepherd can protect them. But he says the sheep, he would, they would smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock would be scattered. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. After I am risen again. They didn't understand that, I'm sure. I know they didn't. That I am risen again. I will go before you into Galilee. But what did Peter, let's listen here and to see. Peter thought that he would, he says, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Peter thought, I will never be offended in you, Lord. But let's look and see what took place. Peter allowed Satan to get a mark, get a march upon him. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise said all his disciples, all of his disciples there, saying the same thing. Peter says, we're never going to leave you. But there was a time of trouble coming. And granted, they had not had that new birth. They did not have the power that they had at a later time to overcome these things. But they allowed Satan... To lead them out. Then cometh Jesus with them into the place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples, Set you, set you here while I go and pray yonder. 
It was a very serious time to Christ. He had his friends there with him and he told them, he says, now y'all sit here. I'm going to go a little further. I need to pray. I need to be in communication with my father. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Two of his main disciples there, he took with him. Brought them closer. And he began to pray. And he was very heavy with that. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Tear ye here and watch with me. He was in a lot of trouble. Troubling his heart, his body, his mind, because he knew what he was about to go through. He was just like you and me in this body. And if we were facing something like that, we would be troubled. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, he said. But he also understood that here, I am about to go through these things. And he could see how his disciples, his very closest friends, where their mind was and what was going on. In them. And that could have also been very sorrowful to him to be able to see that. Because they were not ready spiritually for what was about to happen. My soul is exceedingly sorry for leaving him unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther. And he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Look at what a prayer that was. The Son of God. Jesus Christ. And he could have asked for His Father to send all kind of things. Angels to protect Him. All kind of things. But here's what He said, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou wilt. And that is our. that should be our prayer today. That Lord, whatever You see fit, if you need, if this can be taken from me, if we have something in that case, if these things can be taken from me, let it be. But if not, let your will be done in me. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? I you to think about what was going on there. Here he was. And such, and, and I believe his disciples should have been able to see the condition that he was in. He was very sorrowful. He was in a low condition. And he was out praying to God. He came back to his disciples instead of them there praying and listening. They were asleep. And he says, what is the matter? 
could you not watch with me just one hour? Just a short period of time. Could you not just watch and hear what is going on? And then he chastised them and he told them what to do. He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I want us to, everyone, take heed to that. I want us to watch and be praying today and every day as we go through life. Listen to what he had to say to Peter and the others there. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing. The Spirit of God is willing to lift you up, to carry you through. It doesn't matter what might be about to come upon you. The Spirit of God is there and it is willing to carry you through. But He says the flesh is weak. But the Spirit of God is willing to overcome that. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. You see there, he had gone to his Father three times. He came back and he saw there after the second time his disciples and they were asleep again. And he left them. And he went away again. And he prayed the same words to the Father. Oh Father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. In our life, are we willing to be just that subject to Him? Or are we constantly wanting things on our own? Are we wanting things done the way we want it? And He left them and He went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh He to His disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doth betray me. Jesus was reconciled to His Father. He was ready now. He had prayed to His Father. And I believe that His Father had brought reconciliation into His life. And I believe that He was now showing Him and giving Him strength to just follow Him. And He says, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doth betray me. Arise. Let us be going. I want you to arise to the Spirit today. And let's be ready to overcome Satan. 
And while he yet spake, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves. For the chief priests and elders, from the chief priests and of the people, elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus saith unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? And they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. That is just a sickening vision to me to see something so vile that Satan's work being done in a man that had been a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. But it should bring us to remembrance of how deceitful he can be and what he can do. But how deceitful and how he came to him and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him like I am your friend. Come up there with all these people with weapons and betray him, walking up to Jesus Christ, embracing him and kissing him and said, Hail, Master. How deceitful. Friends, Satan will not stop at anything. If you allow him, he will totally destroy you. And he will not stop. He will destroy. Wherefore thou come? Jesus didn't revile him. He just said, friend, why have you come here like this? They came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? He says, I can do and God can take care of all these things. He says, put that sword up. He says, my Father can take care of these things. But He says, this is something that I must go through. This is why I came here to the earth. The Scriptures must be fulfilled. I must be betrayed into the hands of the enemy. And I must be crucified. And I must be put in that tomb. And I will rise again to see victory. But how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? And in the same hour, Jesus, and in the same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, 
Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for the take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. Here was a great multitude of people that had come out here to take him. And he just went on and he says, I was daily with you, and you didn't take you didn't take hold of me. But all this was done that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook Him and fled. Just what Jesus had told them. All His disciples forsook Him. And they fled. They left Him there with the multitude of people that had come to arrest Him. And they that had laid hand on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off to the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priest and the elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. But found none, yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Here they were having this false trial, and false witnesses come in, and trying to blame him, and trying to tell things that Jesus had said that they did not understand at all. And now the high priest getting up, and I believe in a loud voice and in a very demanding way, he says, I adjure thee, I command you to tell by, I command thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, and I don't believe Jesus was excited and got in all kind of a nervous way. I believe it just in a very calm and bold way. He says, Thou hast said. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Hereafter, he says, you won't be able to see these things now. And you know, this is the way he answered him. Thou hast said, you have said that I am the Son of God. You've said it. And now he says, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the Son of God sitting on the right hand of power. And we can see that today. All of those that have repented of their sins can see that He is there at the right hand of the power of God and coming in the clouds of heaven. He is coming there to all that receive it, all that repent of their sins and come to Him. He comes from heaven. That Spirit does unto them. Then the high priest rent his clothes saying, 
He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witness? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They say, answered and said, He is guilty of death. I want you to just stop and listen and look what was happening. These self-righteous people there in this trial. All of these high-ranking Jewish priests, rabbis, and whatever it might have been. And they had seen, some of them had seen, and some of them had heard, most of them had heard, I'm sure, of all the miracles that had been done. Of how that He had raised the man from the dead. How He had given the blind their eyes. How He had cured lepers and the dumb, and He had made others walk that were lame. They had seen, they had heard these things. I believe some of them may have been in these presence when these things happened. But instead of looking upon this is the work of God, they wanted to lay and this is the work of Satan. And here, just because He said that yes, you have said that I am the Son of God. And Jesus knew He was the Son of God. He would not say anything different from that. If He had, He would have been a liar and there was no lie in Him. And the high priest then, in a rage, grabbing His clothes and tearing them, showing the rage, showing that he believed that this man was wrong and that he believed that he ought to be put to death. He's spoken of blasphemy. He's blasphemed the Word of God. What further need have we of witness? Behold, now we have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. And they did spit in his face and buffet him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is it that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. Now here was Peter, he was standing. He went up there to try to see, but he went up there hiding. He didn't want people to know that he was a part of the group of Jesus Christ. And this woman looked upon him, this young lady, and said, Thou was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Now we just said, just a few hours before, he had said, I will never disclaim you. He says, I will never do that. I will die before I will do that. And here he is. He denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he had gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I know not the man. Are we denying him? By our works, by our talk, by our whatever it might be, are we denying him that he's the Son of God? That's what Jesus. That's what Peter was doing here. He's denying that this he was the Son of God. He was denying that he knew Jesus Christ. He had been with him. He was a part of his ministry, and here he was denying it. And again, he denied with an oath, "I know not the man." And after a while. 
came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech bereft thee. He says, Surely you're one of them. Just the way that you talk betrays that you are one of them. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Look at how far Peter was going away. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus. And here's where the word of Jesus comes back into Peter's mind and to his heart. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Godly sorrow. He was repentant of his sin. He remembered the words of what Jesus had said. He let those words come back into him. And he let that repentant heart. He was broken. He went out and he wept bitterly because of his sin. And he was forgiven. And he was there on the day of Pentecost. And he received that new birth. He was there and he saw Jesus Christ. He saw Him hang on the tree. He saw Him with others. And he saw Him when he cried with a loud voice while he was hanging upon that tree. And he saw him when he says, It is finished. Man's redemption had been finished by Jesus Christ by the blood of the cross. It is finished. Last week we talked about the birth. And all the way along, now today we've talked about His final hours here upon the earth. And what took place in between. How He taught His disciples. And how He walked here upon the earth. And I want you all to know and understand. It is finished. He came for the sins of the whole world. He came that your sins may be forgiven. He came that you now can have power over Satan. Peter was able just a few short days after this to be able to receive that new spirit, that new birth. And then he had power to overcome. He had power to do 
as God would have him to do. Did he make some mistakes? Yes. But he was able to get forgiveness. Let's all remember these things and let's go on and you can just think and see. And how that Jesus rose and he was with his disciples in and out. But there was one there, and I want you to see how that all of his disciples had seen him and they believed and they told the others, they told Thomas, they told him that we've seen him. And Thomas said, I will not believe till I see his hands, put my finger in his hand and cast my hand into his side. I want you to think about, are we going to believe because we, and Jesus went on to say, He says, Thomas, blessed are you that believe because you've seen, but blessed are those that believe and have not seen what you have seen. And that is us today. We have not seen that. Only thing we have been able to see is the power that He has to offer to those. And we can see that in others, how they have been able to receive that and overcome Satan. And we can see it in ourselves. The most wonderful miracle that has ever been done here upon the earth is that new birth, that comforter being sent to mankind and them accepting it and using it to overcome Satan. And you can have it today, friends. And let's help others to have it. Let's go out and let's don't be deceitful, but let's be at one with Jesus Christ. And let's see victory in the end. It is finished. The price is paid. What will you do? What will you do? We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 107. Are you washed in the blood? Are you washed in that blood? The blood that we just talked about. That He poured out. If you're not... Take it to Him and let Him wash you. Number 107.
what I believe that we ought to all take home with us today. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for the wonderful words that you have given to us today that we can take to our own and that we can examine ourselves and just we can know that we can be a part of your kingdom by your promises, by what Jesus Christ did for us. And we can see how deceitful Satan is, but we can see how that you have power over all things. And that we can see victory if we just trust in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for what he has done for us. We ask you to be with us in the upcoming days to show us how we can encourage others. And that we can have others to be able to know your word. Thank you, Lord, for all that's been done for us. And help us to use the things that you have entrusted into our hands to your honor and to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.